Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, uh, having, having time on Athens Air. Uh, any recollection of what you were concocting there? That's back on the Food Network somewhere along the way. Boy, it sounds like some kind of um, a rub maybe for... for uh, no, no, I don't remember. <laughs> too many, too many shows. Too many too shows. Much time. I was, I was listening. I was listening to like two, two peppers. So with the cayenne pepper, you know, it, it sounded like maybe something from one of the the Cajun oriented shows we did. But yeah. I, 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 I'd have to see if I could see the pictures, the images, then I'd know. Some kind of chili or something. Not uh, maybe that was in yeah, the works. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. I'm gonna be in Athens. Uh, coming back to Athens, as it were. And I gather you get back from time to time. November sixth, to be precise. Let me get this in front of me. The Athens Symphony Orchestra Fall Concert, November 6th. I believe that to be. In fact, I know that is. That's a Sunday at the Classic Center. Among it the is performers. Three in the afternoon. Yeah, three in the afternoon. Uh, Alton Brown going to narrate Peter and the Wolf, that Russian classic from when? I think the 1930s. How'd you get hooked up uh, in this? Lifelong dream. I have, I have wanted to do this ever since I was a little kid and saw my first concert, which featured Peter and the Wolf. Uh, that those those tunes are, are some of the my my greatest loves. And so the opportunity to to come to Athens and work with the symphony uh, has just been such a thrill. Um, and I and I can't you know this there, people hear recordings of Peter and the Wolf and they don't realize that most of the time. Uh, the the narrators who are telling the story aren't actually live with with the symphony. Uh, it's it's a tricky thing to do live. Actually, there's a, a lot of complex music and complex timing. So um, it's it's really uh, uh, terrifying and exciting at the same time to have the opportunity. Well, you know, I mentioned this yesterday. I, I, I pulled up a video just to get a sense of this. It's been a while for me. And there was David Bowie narrating this thing. And I said, okay, uh, no pressure, Alton yeah. Brown, but they, he set, he set the bar on this. There, there, there have been a few uh, pretty, pretty big ones. You know, uh, Sting, Sean Connery, um, and yeah, certainly David Bowie, which is probably the most popular version of all time. Uh, again, this Athens Symphony—it's a—it's a fall concert at the Classic Center. Mm-hmm. And he did working mm-hmm. with them. You get to know these folks are I, Athens—a population what, one hundred thirty thousand or so. There are towns that are a lot bigger than this that don't have a symphony the quality of Athens Symphony. Uh, that's true, and and people um, that that play in the symphony actually come sometimes from from quite quite a distance uh, from from Atlanta and other places. They've they've been in Athens. They started playing there, and they've moved away for work, but they still come back to play. So I think it's that kind of uh, commitment to to the musical community there uh, that that allows a town of that size to have a symphony of, of that quality and level. Well, one of the things I know, too, about Alton Brown reading the biography here, and thank you, Wikipedia, I didn't realize you were as into music as you are. Little band folks may be familiar. They were called R.E.M. Uh, back when they were performing, based in Athens. You're about the time you were in school at the University of Georgia. You were actually producing videos for these people. Um, I was a director of photography, actually, a cinematographer on the video for The One I Love off of the document. LP. Yeah. What was that experience like? Oh, I don't remember. That was the 80s. 
Alton Brown with us. A uh, celebrity chef now, and you see him all over the, the, the various food channels. Uh, how do you take something? I've always been curious about this. How do you take something that, that probably most of us do? We, we, we prepare meals, most of us, uh, and some of us become actually quite good at it. How do you turn that, something that, that's so basic and fundamental, into something that, frankly, has been a very successful and lucrative career for you? How do you make a life out of that? And you've done quite well at it. Well, I think that there's, number one, there's a lot of storytelling around food. And most of what I do, I, 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 yes, there are recipes, but what I'm really trying to do is to um, kind of convey a higher appreciation for, for ingredients, for history, and for the science uh, that really makes everything happen in the kitchen. And, and I think that, that going after that kind of scientific bent of really understanding kind of the physics and the chemistry of, of what goes on in the kitchen has been kind of the, the, the path that, that, that I have taken. Uh, but there you know, we're all unified by food. Everybody eats. Um, and in this day and age, when most of us don't agree on much, um, we all still kind of get together on food. So I think that we still pay a lot of attention to it. We still want to learn a lot about it. And with global availabilities being <clears throat> what they are, there's a lot of new ingredients out there, you know, on a yearly basis. There's a lot to learn still. And a lot of history, too. You mentioned physics and chemistry. I had a, a friend of mine who was a chef in Augusta years ago, and he used exactly those words. Okay, what's the difference between a good cook and a chef? Uh, in physics and chemistry, the cook can make things happen. The the chef knows how and why they happen. But the history of this, too, I mean, you say new things coming out all the time. I would assume rediscovering old and ancient things all the time, too. Um, absolutely. We reach in both directions, forward and back. And, and certainly internationally uh, across borders. Um, you know, more, more ingredients have become available in the last 20 years than in, you know, several hundred before that. You know, the Internet, you know, changed everything. You know, the, the, the level of spices that we can get on a day-to-day -day basis were, you know, very um, – what used to be hard to find ingredients are, are now commonplace. And people travel more, at least with their eyes, you know, with, with Instagram and things like that. So there's, there's – the interest uh, just continues to grow. And um, and I think that's that's a good thing because it gives us more opportunities to learn in the one laboratory that we all have in our homes, which is called the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I, I tell this story all the time out in Brown with this here. My wife, a few years ago, bought me. I'd always talked about getting one. She went out and got it for me. She bought me a big green egg. And a lot of people I have, I love mine. But I started reading about it. I said, okay, what's the history of this? How did this kind of unconventional thing come along? And it turns out that's like 3,000-year-old technology from Southeast Asia, the old rice cookers. It's the same kind of technology. The point being that you just made there, reaching into the past to bring something into the present, and, and we all benefit from it. Yeah, that's a very, very old cooking technology. Those those kinds of uh, large ceramic cookers that use very small amounts of, of fuel to maintain um, heat over long periods of time um, is is still very um, technically sophisticated, but it is ancient. Alton Brown with us uh, again. Are going to be in Athens, November sixth in Athens. That's a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. What time do you say? Three, three thirty at the Classic Center. Yeah, the show's at three, three o'clock, and, and I, and I want to mention to your, to your audience that the tickets are free, mm -hmm. but uh, they don't become available until ten o'clock. 
the morning of October, I think it's 24th, um, they can go to uh, ClassicCenter.com and, uh, and sign up for tickets. It's exactly two weeks before the show, and that's just how they, how they do it. But yeah, they, 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 they want a sense of how many people are coming and that kind of thing and make sure everybody yeah. has a seat, and that's why they do it that way. You're right, absolutely free admission, but you do need the ticket to get in. And, as and of you course, said, it's, it's the day after a relatively big football game, so I imagine <laughs> people will just be getting out of bed right before our show starts. Uh, indeed, uh, indeed, out and Brown with us. A couple of minutes left here. I, I'm curious too and I've always whatever the field of endeavor may be and I've talked with a number of celebrity types over this what is you were you were a student here and, and leading I was a, maybe a somewhat conventional life and suddenly fame happens to you or you go out and make it happen for you uh, what's the big difference between then and now in terms of being somebody who's recognizable and instantly recognizable how do you handle fame well it's um Number one, you don't you don't go into making TV shows if if you're not kind of prepared for that, I guess. But I, I, for for me, I was kind of lucky. I, I I became quote famous end quote before the days of social media. So I mean, I didn't even know. I mean, I, that that anybody knew who the heck I was until I wrote my first book and went on a book tour and people showed up on the book tour. I mean, there, there's because there was no social media, there's no, no way for anybody to let you know. That, that you have fans. So I just kind of knew that I kept working and, uh, and, and didn't know. And then uh, it's in 2020, sorry, 2001 or 2002, whenever my first book came out and I went out on book tour and people were there, I realized, oh, somebody's paying attention to what's going on. I think it's much, 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 much more difficult today um, to kind of jungle that in your, in your life because um, social media is always there and always watching and um, you have to live your life knowing that, you know, every single thing you do is um, is in, in front of other people. And most of them are strangers and you can't see them, but they can see you. Again, Alton Brown, November 6th, going to narrate Peter and the Wolf with the Athens Symphony Orchestra Classic Center. And as you say, uh, the ticket's on sale a week before the event, uh, or two weeks. Free, totally they're free. free. Not they're not sale. on sale. Yeah, you just go, but yeah. you do need them to get in. Just go to the Classic Center website. Yes, you do. And they, they will require a ticket to get in the door. Absolutely. Alton Brown, continued success. Thanks for your time this morning. Best Thank of luck you. moving forward. Thanks so much.